So when we left, it's about an hour and a half drive. And for the first 30 minutes, like nothing happened at all. And I was like, of course, you know, as soon as I like start thinking I'm in labor, like it just completely stopped. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are driving home and then all of a sudden it's like 35 minutes into our drive and I get like a for real contraction, you know, like it hits and I'm like, okay, like I remember that feeling. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When your first home birth turns into a hospital transport, what do you do with baby number two? Do you plan for the hospital or attempt another home birth? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 111. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we'll be speaking with Nicole, who had to decide just that. Should I try again at home? Now, before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you of some super exciting news. This week, I'm hosting a free learning event, Home Birth Mythbusters, the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth. This masterclass is perfect for you, whether you've already chosen to give birth at home or if you'd just like to have some questions answered before you make a decision. Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters and reserve your seat. A replay will be available should you not be able to make it live, but attending live is fantastic so that you can have all of your questions answered. I'd also like to thank our reviewer of the week, that is Jersey Girl 12234556677. And she says, Best Birth Podcast. I am so thankful I found this podcast to listen to my most recent pregnancy. It was a joy and encouragement to me to hear like minded moms share their birth stories. I love how Caitlin interacts with the mothers and sounds like an old friend instead of an interviewer. Four months postpartum for my completely natural birth and still listening. Thank you so much, Jersey Girl. And if you will send me an email, Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. And hey, if you have just a second to head over to Apple Podcasts, would you mind leaving a five-star, hopefully, rating and review? It really does help get the word out about the show, and I am so grateful. All right, that's all that we've got for right now. Let's go ahead and head into this interview with Nicole. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Caitlin. I'm super excited. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. And I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Yeah. So my name is Nicole, um, me and my husband and our two boys and our sweet little doodle girl. We uh, live on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Ocean Springs and um, got my first son. He's about to be two next week and we've got a three month old. So we are uh, 
you know, two under two, living the diaper life and loving it. You are in the thick of it for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, so I would really love for us to start from the beginning. You know, you did mention you've got two under two. So both of these stories are are pretty close together. What was your first experience like? And when you get when you got pregnant, did you know, oh, we're having a home birth? Or how did that kind of unfold? Yeah, so it actually took us about a year to conceive my first. Um, I struggled with some um, hormonal imbalance and fertility issues. So um, during that that year, I really kind of delve into my health and, um, you know, really like, I guess, became a birth junkie is what I would say. I started listening to birth stories and I really kind of found myself combing through all of the podcasts looking for the specific home birth ones, which is funny because I never even really knew home birth was a, a thing. Um, my mom did have a natural labor, so I knew that that was something I wanted. And so listening to the home birth stories, really like they kind of just hit home for me. And so I didn't really think that would be something we would do with our first, but when we got pregnant, finally, we watched, you know, as, of course, as everyone does, um, the, oh gosh, now I can't think of the name. Business of being born. Yes, the business of being born. Exactly. So I've said it a thousand times <laughs> in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's how everybody's story starts. So, <laughs> so we watched that together, and um, you know, we kind of both got on board. And I was like, well, I would just like to, you know, see, you know, what midwives are around here. So that was kind of how it got started. And by the time we met with our first midwife, my husband was like, okay, yeah, so we're going to do it. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I remember asking him like, we're really going to do it. Like we're really going to have a home birth. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how it started. And, uh, you know, we met with two midwives and both of the meetings were like over an hour long. And so we were for sure set on home birth, but all of the stories I had listened to were about, you know, people talked about that, like just instant, like obsession and love with their midwife. And so that's kind of what I was waiting for. So I, I, you know, loved both of the midwives that we met, but I was waiting on that, like, for sure, this is our girl moment. And so I had a conversation on the phone with a midwife and I fell in love with her. And I mean, that was it really. We, we went and met with her in person. It was like two hour, like sitting in Panera bread talking and we both left and we were like, Oh my gosh, like, this is it. This is perfect. We're not going back to our OB ever again. <laughs> and, um, so that was our, that was our home birth, you know, journey into the world really. Wow. Um, so did yeah, you start seeing a midwife early on in the pregnancy or was it later on? Yeah, it was really early on. Um, so, I mean, basically we were so ready to get pregnant that once we finally got that positive test, it was like, let's do everything right now. You know, we're finally in the world. We can actually be excited about it. Um, so I think I, we met with her before I was 12 weeks along. Um, I can't really remember how far exactly it was, but I know it was early. And um, I, I saw my midwife. We met with her and then I went to the OB, you know, one more time. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back here. I've, I've, we've decided I don't, I'm not going to do like, I didn't want to do the, the both care from both of them. And so that was it. We were home birth junkies pretty much from then on out. That's amazing. So 
I know we're going to focus on your your most recent birth, but your first birth is is a juicy one. So I would love to hear how did how did that unfold? What were the the main kind of themes of that birth, and what really happened there? Yeah, so I would probably say the the main theme was um, being impatient. Um, and I feel like that happens to most first time moms, especially, you know, younger ones. And it's, it's like, you know, due date came and went, he made us wait a year to get pregnant with him in the first place. So (laughs) a year of trying to conceive nine months being pregnant, um, actually rolled into 10 months of being pregnant. And so, you know, my due date came and went and then so did another week. And that's like agonizing for a first time mom. You know, you're so impatient. You're so ready to meet your baby. I wasn't necessarily in the uncomfortable stage. You know, I love being pregnant. I had a really healthy pregnancy, but just really the like the anticipation of like birth and meeting him and having him here. Um, I was just really impatient there at the end. And so around 41 and three days, we had started some like natural induction stuff with our midwife. And she actually did something I'd never heard of, which was cervical acupressure. And it was, yeah, it was super intense. I mean, she was, it was basically like a 15 minute cervical exam where she, you know, pushed on different points and around my cervix. It was, um, it was really intense, but so basically she, it kind of released those birth hormones Um, And she said that, you know, it could start labor, it could not, it could just cause some cramping, but that it would, you know, if anything picked up, it would be within about 36 to 48 hours. Did she, she did this cervical acupressure, did she also strip your membranes or was it strictly just the acupressure? I think she did strip. Um, I was, I had been two centimeters for a good, like, three weeks at that point. Right. Um, and so she got me basically from a two to a three with the acupressure. I'm pretty sure she did a membrane sweep. I, yeah. I don't really remember us talking about that, but I don't know why she wouldn't have since she was already doing all that other stuff. <laughs> Very um, yeah. So I was, we did that. I'd been taking EPO, um, evening primrose oil, uh, for those that don't know the acronym, but um, I had been doing that for a couple weeks as well, vaginally and orally. Um, just, just really like going above and beyond, you know. Right. <laughs> That's just kind of how I take. Like I, I tell people, like I just did everything I could possibly do. And at the point, at that time, I was like, you know, it's natural. It's not hurting anything you know, that's kind of how I like talked myself through it. I was like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's all natural. It's not Pitocin. We're not, we're not really starting labor. We're only just helping things along. And, um, you know, obviously we talked about the side effects with, with our midwife and I I was, I was down for it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we did that and I went home and I guess because she got me dilated, I lost my mucus plug, which was like super exciting. So I was like, yes, I'm going into labor. And she had told me, you know, I got you dilated. So you're probably going to lose a lot of mucus and, you know, all those things. Don't get too excited, but, you know, you can't help it. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, that, that day went by, that night went by, I woke up, still wasn't in labor. I was super disappointed. And um, that next day I was like, I kind of, I guess I'd gotten to the point where I was like, it's fine. You know, it's just going to happen. Probably going to be pregnant forever. 
whatever. And um, that night I went to sleep, woke up, you know, probably my third time to wake up that night to pee at one o'clock in the morning. And I noticed that I was feeling crampy. And um, so, you know, like every first time mom, I got back in bed and pretended to sleep all night. So didn't actually sleep at all. Um, I woke my husband up to go to tell him at like four o'clock in the morning, I guess that he didn't need to go to work. I didn't, I wanted him to stay home at least for the next few hours. And so we did that. We got up before it got daylight. I was like, I want to go for a walk at night to see if we can get things going before the sun comes out and all those birth hormones stop. And so anyways, just really just doing everything I could at that point, not relaxing and just being really impatient. And so we got up, I didn't sleep all night. We went for the walk. Things did pick up. They were contractions were coming probably every two minutes, but they weren't anything, you know, to stop me from walking or, you know, anything like that. So, um, that continued on, I don't know, 12 hours, I guess at that point, we had our secondary midwife come and check on me and she told she did confirm that I was in labor my water actually broke it was just a little trickle of, of fluid and um that was at like six o'clock that morning or seven o'clock something like that so when she got there to check us it had, I'd already been in early labor for about 12 hours and uh, she confirmed that I was about four to five centimeters and I was like oh god this is gonna be a long time coming you know um but it just it you know when in hindsight when you're in it it feels like intense at the moment you know but you don't know how intense it is until you get to the next phase right of labor that's the perfect (laughs) way to describe it for the first time yeah Yeah, exactly you have nothing to compare it to you're like oh I'm doing good like this is labor I'm you know I'm able to talk I'm coping well so anyways I mean, labor went on and on and on, and I wasn't able to sit down. Like, I wanted to be standing the whole time. I remember my mom, we had a big birth team there. My mom, my mother-in-law, my husband, my best friend, both of our midwives, our house was full, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I felt like I needed everybody, you know, to help me through labor. You know, I had... My legs were so tired from standing up for so long. They were like shaking, just like, like vibrating, you know, like, so I had, my mom would be like rubbing on my legs. My other, my mother-in-law was rubbing on my other legs. My husband was holding me up. It just was like a full on, like everybody was helping. Everybody helped me out. It was exhausting for everybody. But, um, I guess it was after about, I don't know, I'd say 20 seven hours, something like that. Labor just started to stall. Like it just slowed down. My contractions spaced out 10 to 15 minutes apart. Um, and I think it was just really exhaustion. You know, I had done a decent job of eating as much as somebody in labor wants to eat and drink and those kind of things, but it was really just fatigue of my body and no sleep for almost two days at that point. And um, my midwife, she told me that, like, we might need to consider transferring. I was fine. There was no emergency, but it was just stalling, and there was not really much we could do. Um, I labored in many different positions, 
when she told me that I kind of got a boost of energy. It woke me up a little bit. I ate something and decided to like labor in a squat for a little while to see if I could just, you know, get things to pick up. Right. And then, so I did that for probably an hour. And whenever they checked me again, I had basically made no progress. So I was stuck at about seven centimeters, which is very common for first time moms. Um, now I know that. And, uh, so we made the call to transfer and I think I labored at home for about 35, 36 hours. And the majority of it was active labor. I was, you know, five centimeters mm-hmm. for the majority of the time. Um, so it was really exhausting. My husband didn't sleep at all. We were both falling asleep during those 10 to 15 minute waves of contraction, the breaks in between, we were just crashing in between and then wake back up and fall asleep. So we transferred and um, it was, it was a really smooth transfer. I feel like um, we got to the hospital, we got checked in. I had to wait in triage for a while, um, which I would have been terrible if I was having contractions very frequently, mm-hmm. but since they were, you know, 15 minutes apart, it was not that bad. Mm. Um, but we were probably in triage for an hour, oh, wow. an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, it was it was a long time. Apparently, everybody was having babies that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when we finally got into the room, I had already decided when I got to the hospital that I was going to get an epidural. Like there was no, um, there was no going through pitocin contractions for me after 36 hours of labor. I was like, not going to do it. I had watched my sister-in-law um, have a natural. natural as in no pain medication no epidural but she was induced so she had pitocin all those you know unnatural hormones going on in there with no medication I'm not doing that I'm not doing it I watched her do it so I told them I didn't want any pitocin until I had an epidural so they got me in the room I got an epidural um they started me on a pitocin drip I immediately like came to life I mean (laughs) I guess because the the pain stopped, you know, I was like, uh, even though I had no sleep, I was excited. I felt like things were about to pick up again. And uh, I remember like seeing a commercial for Chick-fil-A on the TV and being like, I'm starving. Why have y'all not been feeding me? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you guys? They're like, yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, I, I brushed my teeth for the first time in what felt like two days. And I had an, I guess we were there for, about an hour, it was not long at all that I was, you know, on the Pitocin. And then she came back and checked me and she was like, you're like fully dilated. And I feel like I just like burst into tears. Like I didn't think it was even possible, you know, at that point to like get to the point of actually having a baby. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, let's see, my mom and my husband and my midwife stay in the room and they wanted me to do a couple like trial pushes oh well I guess one thing I should say is I was like insistent on having a mirror in there especially since I had an epidural I wanted to be able to feel like somewhat in control because my epidural was not one of the light ones like I could not move my legs at all so um they brought the mirror in so I was able to see everything and with those couple like trial pushes before the doctor even came in uh like he was like coming out Oh wow! Which they were like very surprised with because 
first time mom and no epidural. I mean, and an epidural. So they didn't think it was going to be, they thought it was going to take longer, I guess. So anyways, doctor rushed in. I mean, I like rocketed the baby out. He was literally like flew, <laughs> flew out, which now, I mean, after I like, I'm so happy that he was out, but it was so fast that I had like a second degree tear. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was frustrating. But at the time, I really didn't care. I was just ready to have him. So um, he was born, and I put him immediately on our on my chest. And it was like, you know, nothing else mattered to 41 hours. It was like, you know, whatever. But it, he was here, and I did. I do remember having some, like, whenever our, everybody was rushing around the room, like, trying to get ready. I remember, like, getting pretty emotional because – like it was supposed to be at home, you know, and it was supposed to be peaceful and it was not what we had planned and what I had envisioned for, you know, nine months. So it was a little emotional, but I pride myself on, you know, kind of rolling with the punches and making them the best out of the situation. So I just, you know, I just was excited that he was about to be there and, and then he was, and it was all good. Oh, well, you know, it, it's true. It's kind of one of those things where sometimes the transport is just necessary to, you know, it's sometimes that's the best decision that you can make. And obviously, as soon as you were able to relax, your body did, you know, do what it needed to do. And so I, I totally see how it was frustrating for you because that's not what you envisioned for your labor, but it seems like on your end, at least you did feel like the transport was as smooth as it possibly, you know, could be. Yeah. 100%. Um, we got there. I was kind of nervous about, you know, them casting judgment on us and, you know, things like that, but there was no emergency. There was no need for them to, you know, to act like we were crazy. Um, then they didn't, they really didn't. We got there, you know, they were like, they asked me one time that I want any medication. I said, yes, I want epidural. They didn't, you know, they didn't really like push anything on us. I told them that we weren't doing any shots after the birth and they were like, okay, that's fine. Which I was just really surprised at how like open-minded they were to the whole situation. Right. Um, that's great. So yeah, it, it really was, it was really smooth. We had, I guess, because they, you know, they put us with a nurse who was, you know, somewhat natural minded as well. So she, you know, she was very helpful and very open to everything we wanted and making sure that we were comfortable. Um, We also told them that we were completely prepared to be at home for a childbirth. And so we wanted to go home as soon as possible. Um, And so within 24 hours. So we basically, he was born at six o'clock that night. And so we slept in the hospital and we spent the next, you know, morning, afternoon in the hospital. And we were back home by six o'clock that next night. Um, so that was great. We didn't spend a ton of time in the hospital, which was good because my husband got in trouble for for having him sleeping on his chest. So it was like, we don't need, this is not our place. We don't need to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So with Um, that experience having happened, when you got pregnant the next time, how did that kind of like, what did you think about, 
attempting a home birth again, did you feel confident that, oh, that was, you know, that was a first time labor. And, you know, sometimes first time labors go so long and you can get tired. This is going to be different. Or did you have some concerns that maybe this would happen again? So I never doubted that we were planning a home birth again the next time around, but there was question in my head whether I could do it you know I remember my my father-in-law when we were in the hospital the next day after having Elias my first one he said so next time we'll probably just start off in the hospital right and I was like uh no we're not gonna (laughs) we're gonna have a home birth next time you know and that was the next day like it was never a question in my head we were having another home birth but um when we got pregnant we got pregnant like right after my son turned a year old um and I mean, immediately, the first person I told was our midwife. I texted her and was like, so I can't wait to start seeing you again, you know? And, um, and so we immediately started planning for a home birth, but it was always in my head, like, will my body work? Like, is it going to go into labor by itself? If I do go into labor by myself, is it going to be 41 hours? Because I can't do that again. Like it scared me thinking about having to go through such a long labor again. Um, but it never, I never doubted whether we were going to plan for it because we had such a successful transport. It was like, if it happens the same way again, like it'll be fine. I wanted to be at home the whole time anyways. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no way I was going through like traditional OBGYN care during my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, midwifery care is... You can't even just, you can't even compare the two. So I was like, I'm not doing that. If anything, we're planning a home birth just for my prenatal care. Right. Oh um, my gosh. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was our second time. I would like to say this is totally off subject, but um, I was, I know tons of moms struggle with this. So we nursed all the way up until almost my third trimester. My son weaned himself pretty much, but I got pregnant while, like co-sleeping and a million times nursing during the night. My midwife uh, told me to start taking chastberry tincture. And within a week of taking it, my, like I ovulated and we got pregnant. So if anyone, <laughs> I feel like that's something I always tell people in like my Facebook groups, like, if, you know, if you're trying to get pregnant while you're still nursing without changing any habits, that really worked for us. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a great one to keep in the back pocket there. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just excited to hear like how, how was the build up to your second labor and, um, and then, you know, we'll get into the story. Right. So, um, as soon as I got pregnant, I started automatically listening to birth stories again. And this time I found out about you, actually one of my friends, Leah Davis, she, she recorded her first birth with, with you. And so that's kind of how you came about. And I started listening to all the happy home birth podcast. um, Hi Leah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Love Leah. I was actually at her recent birth with her. So, Oh. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Super awesome. Um, so anyways, it was pretty much, I guess, halfway through my pregnancy when I found out about you releasing your Happy Home Birth Academy. And I was like, shut up, no way. You know, can't do any birth classes anyways because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And um, having a course that was like specifically for home birth when, you know, we just had a transport. And I was already nervous about 
not necessarily, you know, planning the home birth, but what will people think if I can't manage it and we can't do it and we have to transfer again, people are going to talk about us. I know for sure. And, you know, can my body actually do it? Will it happen the same way? And so any education I could get on, you know, having successful home birth, I was 100% down for. So I immediately paid for the, the course and started it and loved it. Um, once I got like, Pat, I guess the beginning, you know, I knew a lot about birth. So the beginning was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm ready to get into like the meat of things. And then about, I guess the, the first quarter of the way through, you started getting into all the details and, you know, all the planning and, you know, what exactly is going on during contractions. And I really found like all of the, the tracks that you have in there and the meditation tracks, like those very helpful, especially with a toddler being able to get away and like get in the bath and like turn the lights off and some candles on and listen to some of those meditation tracks. I found it so helpful to like calm my mind and just kind of get in the right headspace. Cause it's hard when you're pregnant with your second and your first is so young, it's hard to slow down and like yeah. really like connect with your baby. And so those were so helpful for, for me. And then, at the end of our pregnancy, we, um, like sat, I sat down with my husband and we like watched, you know, the, the end, the end course, the end of the course where it talks about, you know, preparing your home and preparing your hat, like your partner and your birth team and all that stuff. And kind of like getting him back into the headspace. Cause he, is, I mean, he's amazing in birth. He really is. I don't, I swear I could like rent him out to be like a man doula, <laughs> but, um, so anyways, we got to be able to kind of like bond over it again. We really enjoyed our first birth course where we went um, and, and did it, but that was obviously not an option this time around. So it was a good way for us to get in like back into the birth world together and get him prepared and like excited about our home birth again. So Happy Home Birth Academy was amazing for us. It really built up confidence for me. That's great to hear. And especially with your situation, I think that one thing perhaps that people who are considering a home birth and thinking, oh, a childbirth education program specifically for home birth, that sounds good, but what's going to happen if I do have to transport? And there is information inside of the course. There are lessons about transport as well, which, you know, when you're preparing for home birth, maybe it's not fun to even hear the word transport, but when you, you know, when you're in labor, then you're prepared for any aspect that may come about. So I think that that's a, a really great point, you know, is that there is information about the transport process mm -hmm. to really prepare, you know, that module, it's called prepare your heart and home. Like we have to prepare our hearts for the fact that we don't know exactly how labor is going to go. And that's just, that's the way of life. We don't know how anything is really going to go. We don't have control completely over any aspect. Um, so right. I think that that's really helpful for anyone taking the course, but also this idea of someone who did already attempt a home birth, who, who had the home birth experience, transported to the hospital to be able to kind of ground yourself in all of the home birth lingo, to kind of reorient yourself. I can see how that would be a very beneficial way for you to prepare. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. Going, going, going like through the course again. You get so involved in the birth world, but if you get out of it for a little while, it's almost like you start to forget things. You know, you forget the little details, and you're like, oh right, like that is going to happen. And and it was so it was a really good refresher for a second time around. And being able to go back and rewatch certain parts, mm-hmm. um, which is not something you can do, obviously, in like a sit-down birth class with an instructor. So, um, yeah, it's great. And then being a part of, of the Facebook group, being able to have like-minded like moms be able to ask questions and offer different resources, it's really you really can't beat it. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And, and I'm really excited to get into this very recent labor story. So, so what happened, what, what happened as you started gearing up for this second birth? Yeah. So the whole time, you know, I really like put my mind, like I set my mind to being patient this time around and, you know, having a toddler already, you like already are more patient than you used to be. So I felt like I was like somewhat prepared. Um, so, uh, I've been telling myself, like, I'm going two weeks past my due date, you know, I'm like, this is the day and then add two weeks and that'll be like, maybe when he's here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so I told my husband, like, I want to do something like I want to plan something the weekend of our due date, like, so that I'm not just like, you know, it's just, it's not another day. It's like, we're doing something fun. I'm not thinking about it. It's going to come and go and then you'll be good, you know? Um, so we actually planned on going to the hunting camp, which it's not far. It's about an hour and a half away from our house. My, my granddad has, you know, 300 acres or whatever. So we took my son. It was like the perfect little weekend. My parents went, we, you know, I was like, let's go hiking and we'll, you know, we'll fish a little bit and it'll just be like a very relaxing weekend. And it might be one of our last weekends together before we're a family of four. So it's, you know, Elias will love it. So we we did that and we left Friday night. My due date was on a Saturday and uh, we got there. I slept terrible and it's, you know, little twin bunk beds. It's not like anything fancy. So I was like, for sure. Like, like it's just uncomfortable beds. My hips were hurt all night. I was like, this is terrible. I don't know if I'm going to do this tomorrow. So I slept terrible that night, woke up and was like, whatever, we're going to have a great day. So we got up and ate some breakfast. We went for about a three hour hike. And I mean, it was not like a walk. It was like climbing over like limbs and up and down hills. And I'm 40 weeks pregnant to the day, you know, mm-hmm. it's my due date that day. So, um, we were walking and I'm, feeling pretty good you know we get it's about two hours in and I'm like all right like we gotta start getting back I'm tired (laughs) I'm having so many Braxton Hicks which was normal for me really it wasn't anything I was like too concerned with but I was just exhausted so we finally get back to the house and I'm like hungry so we eat and I like pass out like I never take naps I don't take naps while I'm pregnant even like I just don't nap I can't fall asleep during the daytime and I like totally crashed for like an hour and a half (laughs) and I was like that is the weirdest thing for me to like need a nap but I just thought it was because I slept so bad and we went for that walk I was just tired you know so I woke up and we went to the pond and we went fish a little bit and I guess it was about 5 30 and I was sitting with my mom and I was like huh this like little Braxton Hicks that I'm having like feels a little bit more like cramped crampy you know like menstrual cramps than like any of my other ones do they always just feel like tightness I was like that's weird whatever 
she was like, yeah, that is weird. And so we just like went about doing what we were doing and sitting there. I think we were actually putting on like nails at the, like sitting there watching my son fish. And, um, it was about 30 minutes later and I was like, uh, huh, how long ago was that, that I said that that can, like, I felt crampy and she was like, Oh no, like 20, 25 minutes, maybe. And, um, I was like, well, I'm having another one. And so then it kind of like piqued my interest, you know, I was like, all right, well, let's just like see if anything else happens, any more happen. And within another like 20 minutes, another one happened. And, and I was like, not going to, I didn't say anything to anybody after that. I was like, I'm not saying anything. Nothing's <laughs> happening. I'm not in labor. I'm not going in labor. It's just, just cause like we went for that hike, you know, it's just fatigue, over exhaustion, whatever. Fatigue um, or denial or something. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Definitely denial. Um, okay. So then we went back and it was starting to get dark. So we were putting like firewood in the, in the fire pit and my husband, we were at the hunting camp. He had been drinking some beer all day, you know, like just like chilling. And I was like, okay, I gotta tell somebody because it's like, I keep having these good, like these little ways and he's been drinking. Like I'm gonna have to drive myself home. <laughs> so I was like, all right, like, maybe just like start drinking water instead, you know? And, uh, he's like, what, why, 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 what's going on? So then I had to tell him, I was like, well, I've been having like these little, little things happen for like the last two hours. And I just want you to just, you know, just, just in case, I don't think anything's going to come of it. So anyways, we went inside, we ate dinner and, um, they just kind of started coming like a little bit more frequently. And, during dinner my mom and dad were like nicole like y'all just go home like it you know sure you're not in labor that's fine whatever but just in case like you can at least sleep tonight and you know i was like all right fine we'll go home but only because i want to sleep in my own bed like i don't want to sleep in that uncomfortable bed again i'm not in labor like nothing's happening i'm just tired so i was like we start cleaning up and i get a shower and while i'm in the shower I get like five of them, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm glad we're going home. <laughs> I still don't think I'm in labor at that point. I'm like, I'm just glad we're going home. Like if things do happen, we'll at least be at the house. Right. Um, so anyways, we get, we start getting in the car. And like, at that point, I, I noticed that like the crampiness was like wrapping into my back. Mm. And that was like the feel, like the first start of labor that I felt last time. So I, I was asleep when labor started. And when I woke up, I had like the feeling in my back. And so I was like, all right, like we're definitely like, it's a good thing that we're going home. So when we left, it's about an hour and a half drive. And for the first 30 minutes, like nothing happened at all. And I was like, of course, you know, as soon as I like start thinking I'm in labor, like it just completely stopped. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are driving home and then all of a sudden it's like 35 minutes into our drive and I get like a for real contraction you know like it hits and I'm like okay like I remember that feeling all too well (laughs) I was like yeah that's it and um so I texted our midwife and told her that we were heading home um just to be safe actually I think I texted her before right when we got in the car I texted her and told her I was like you know it's just it's just little crampy feelings like we're just going home just to be safe I just want to let you know and she's like okay well let me know when you get home if anything's changed so that contraction happens and it's like a real one and I was like okay like we'll see I guess maybe this is it 
I like start kind of to believe it at that point. And then about seven minutes later, it comes another one. And then about five minutes later comes another one. And they are like picking up fast, you know, like every five minutes for the next hour all the way home. And they're like pretty intense contractions. Like I'm, you know, I'm stopping, like stopping conversation and breathing and then resuming. And I'm totally fine in between, but they're definitely happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get home and we immediately like blow up the birth pool and kind of like make our bed, you know, just do all the things to kind of get the house ready. My mom stayed over at our house that night and slept with my son because he's still slept in our beds. <laughs> we had to kick him out just in case things picked up. So he slept in his bed and um, our second midwife lives in Mississippi as well. Stacy, our main midwife, lives in Alabama. So it's like an hour and a half drive to our house for her. So she always sends Lindsay to come and check on us, you know, like a labor check. And um, she got there and um, it was like 1.30 in the morning. And um, she confirmed that I was still like two centimeters, but that my cervix had like changed a good bit. And I had actually been checking myself like at the end of my pregnancy because I wanted to like be able to check myself during labor. So I was trying to like get acquainted with how things felt before labor and like, you know, so I could tell before she got there, I could tell that my cervix had thinned out a lot. Um, but I thought that I was still about two centimeters. So, um, you know, she came and she pretty much confirmed that she was like, you know, how it went last time, you know, you need to rest, you need to sleep. You are in what seems like early labor, but you know, it could be tomorrow. It could be a couple days from now. Just try and rest. And I really took that to heart this time around. So, um, that night I pretty much labored in bed for the majority of the night and my contraction spaced out while I was sleeping to about 10 to 15 minutes. So most of the night I was able to sleep in between and kind of like roll over and have the contraction. And then, um, in the middle of the night, they did get a little bit more intense. So I kind of went to the bathroom and I labored like leaning over the counter for a little while, but I was still like relaxing. I feel like, um, and then it was about six o'clock in the morning and it was all on my back. Like it was all on my back and in my hips. And so it was really hard to like really lay down during the contraction. So I tried to get in the bath um, to like see if I could get myself to relax and maybe like doze off in the warm water. And as soon as I got in the bath, I like, I, I remember feeling like I had to bear down like during the contractions. And I was like, Oh, this is not good. Like I need to get out because I don't need to feel like that yet. You know, it's still really early on. Um, so I got out and I like tried to get back in bed. And then from, I guess about seven to eight, I like started getting my husband to push on my hips during contraction so that I could sleep. Cause I was really tired at that point. Um, so we did that from about, I don't know, maybe six thirty to about eight o'clock in the morning. And then I woke up and we kind of like woke up for the day. And he was like, I thought you were asleep the whole time. I didn't even know you were having contractions all night. And um, so it kind of impressed me that I was like, I kind of did it all to myself. Whereas the last time, like I needed so much help, even early on, you know, Um, and I kind of contribute that to like, just keeping like a calm headspace and like being patient. And I think a lot of that came from me doing all like the happy home birth, like tracks, you know, during my pregnancy. And, um, 
so I texted our midwife when I woke up and I kind of woke up disappointed, you know, it was like, like things seemed like they were going really fast last night and like I labored all night and I, like, I just don't feel like much has changed, you know, things are really slow and they're still pretty spaced out. And that was like at eight o'clock in the morning, maybe eight 30. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I need to do today? And she's like, you just need a rest. Like, mm-hmm. don't do anything. And I had bought like a, like a tincture from in his hands. It was like a labor enhancer. And I was like, I bought this. Like, should I take it? And she's like, no, like <laughs> sleep. Don't get impatient, like sleep and eat and just rest today. Like drink, get hydrated. Like, you know, it could be like a long, like it could be a long day for you. So I was like, okay, fine. I did. I, I started to rest and, um, it was like an hour and I like from like eight to nine, basically, I'm just like sitting around. And then I had like a, like a really, really, really big contraction. And, and I don't really remember like the time frame after that, but I moved to the bathroom and I was sitting on the birth ball, like leaned on the bathroom counter and they were coming like every like minute. It was like, it, it was like immediate, like so fast, like nothing, you know, zero miles per hour to 150 miles per hour in like no time at all so at nine o'clock things started really picking up they were super intense I wasn't able like you know I was like moaning through contractions and like swaying on the ball and like my husband was standing there and I needed him there to like tell me like every single contraction he would tell me to breathe and like don't hold your breath and like relax and it was really amazing to me this time around that like that's all he did for me you know it was like he had to be there and he had to remind me to breathe but like last time he was like holding me up and like like he couldn't like I needed so much support and this time I was just on the ball kind of like doing it by myself and he was just there to like you know verbally support me and um so I did that for about 45 minutes and I was like we got to tell somebody like this this is like this is intense. Like this is happening very fast. Like somebody needs to know. So I texted my midwife and told her, or I told my husband too, he did. And she didn't respond for like 20 minutes. I was like, <laughs> and she not like texted you back. I was like, something's going on. I think she was probably in a prenatal meeting or something, but, and you know, I just told her that nothing was happening and she was like, right. just rest. So, <laughs> so she's probably thinking like, you know, it's fine all day. I'm probably good. And so I had him like, text our other midwife and just, he just said like, come here like come here now things have changed and so she like heads here she's on her way and so I think she gets here at like 10 45 um so she was here at 2 a.m and then she got here at 10 45 so at 2 a.m I was two centimeters all night labored and then she got here at 10 45 and she was like okay well do you want me to check 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 you to see like where you're at and I was like yes please like something's going on something serious has happened here and um she checked me and she was like, are you feeling pushy at all? And I was like, um, a little bit like at the peak of the contractions, like I was starting to feel it, but I was like denying it because it took so long to feel that way. The last time was like, this is not right. Like, I don't need to feel this way. Kind of like in the bathtub the night before, you know, I started feeling it in the bath and I was like, this is not good. Got to get out. Right. So she was like, because I don't feel any cervix and like your bag of waters is bulging. And I was like, <laughs> I just started crying. I was like, no, like, that's not right. You're like, are you sure? Like, 
it's only been like an hour of like actual contractions, like actual labor. And she was like, I can't. She was like, I've got to call Stacy. I don't want to like really check you and like really see if you're fully dilated because I don't want to break your water. So she was like, you may have a little bit of cervix left, but as far as I can tell, like I only feel water mm-hmm. bags. And I was like, just in shock, you know it had actually like worked my body did what it was supposed to do and not only that like it did it in like an hour and a half it felt like so um so anyway she was like kind of preparing me to birth without Stacy there um because Stacy's an hour and a half away so she was like you know talking to my mom through like some some of the equipment she had and so she she was um just kind of preparing us for that but she got up with my birth photographer and she got up with Stacy and so Stacy was like hauled butt over here <laughs> um and at that point I was kind of like leaning over the bed by myself um you know just laying there in contractions and I was needing a little bit of like counter pressure at that point just because it was so much in my hips which is how my labor was last time too at the end it was like so much like lower back and hips that just it just hurt so bad and I'm in my hips so I was getting pressure counter pressure during those contractions while everybody was setting up and um and then I got they finally got the birth pool at the right temperature so I got in the pool which obviously is like heaven as soon as you step in and um I was just kind of relaxing in there, um, going from like my butt to my hands and knees during contractions. Um, and that's when Stacy got here. So it had been about an hour to an hour and a half, um, after Lindsay got there to check me. Um, so even though I was fully dilated, things were taking like a pretty good amount of time. Cause she was thinking I was not going to have Stacy there. She was thinking I was going to have him very quickly. Um, so I'm in the birth pool and Stacy gets there and she does like a labor check on me and everybody's good. He's doing good. I'm doing good. You know, we're all good. So um, she wants me to get out of the pool for a little bit and try and like let gravity help bring him down. So I get out and I'm like standing up and um, it seems like a long time passes. So I don't really know how much time, but um, it seems like things are taking like a good amount of time at that point from how they had progressed before. So, um, she, so one of the issues that I was having was, I guess because things happened so quickly, like I forgot to pee. Mm. And so my bladder, my bladder was really, really full. And I guess because he was so low, like I could not pee. Like I tried for so long. Um, and she thought maybe that was what was like hanging him up. And so I was like, I was so scared my bladder was going to, like, get damaged, you know? So I was like, I just want you to, like, try and catheter me, you know, like, to see if that's what the problem is. Because it had been, like, a good two hours since I was fully dilated and I was feeling pushy, you know? Like, I was actually having to push, but he just wasn't coming down. Um, so... I was checking myself throughout and I could feel like my bladder. I think I feel like the water balloon in there. And I was like, it was scaring me because I could, I could tell that it was in the way and I could, you know, so that's why I was like, okay, for her to catheter me. And, um, so I got on the bed and she was getting ready to do it. And she told me that since like, she didn't know if it would work because he's already so low. And like a lot of times it doesn't really work to release. So she was like, let's go through a couple contractions with like me, like trying to, 
you know, manipulate it a little bit and see if we can, you know, get you to pee. And so apparently a couple contractions went by and I, I was able to pee. I don't know that I did. I don't purposely pee, but she said my bladder emptied. So that was great. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so, and, and in that she was trying to feel like what position he was in because of how long it was really taken for things to kind of happen with how intense my contractions were. And, um, at that point she realized that he was, if I'm going to say this right, asynclitic, uh-huh. asynclitical. Um, asynclitic, yep. okay. Yeah. So, so which, um, I'm like laying on my back and she's like, he's, he's coming out like all wonky, which is why you're having to work so hard, you know? So I guess I'll, I'll do an, like an, um, I'll explain what it is. And then if I'm wrong, then you definitely correct me so that people you can know. It. But from what I, from what I believe asynclitic means that, so basically his head, instead of being tucked chin to chest, it's chucked like ear to shoulder. And then he was like turtling his head up. So he was like getting, his head was looking up instead of being tucked down. Is that right? Yep. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's usually like some form of the head being off to the side. So it's not, yeah, straight up and down. That was a perfect explanation. Okay. Yeah. So that's what she told me. So his head is, you know, sideways. And not only that, it's the way he's coming out, it's pushing his head up. So she was, so anyways, my nice, beautiful, peaceful home birth that I was like wanting to have in the birth pool or like maybe on my hands and knees on the bed, you know, I wanted to catch him or I wanted my husband to catch him. It ended up turning into me roaring like a crazy person on the bed with my knees and my chest like everybody's hands all up in me like trying to get him to where he would you know he was able to to come out okay and safely because of the position he was in um so I guess it was about 30 to 45 minutes of me like on my like laying on my back like you know knees all the way up and holding like everybody's trying to help me I'm like literally screaming <laughs> I didn't really think that labor like that birth was actually like it was in the movies but it, it was really like that I'm like yelling like <laughs> like screaming like as like loud as I can because it was the only way I could like exert all of the energy that I needed to to like push him as hard as I was having to right because of his position so um Stacy she's she's like every contraction she's got her hands and she's maneuvering his head you know, and like trying to keep him from like turtling and looking up to keep him down. And, um, so it took a while of me pushing, like, and him just coming out very, 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 very slow, which was so different than the last time. Um, so finally I'm able to like reach down and touch him in between. And, and for a while I didn't even realize that he was coming out. Like I thought that I was pushing and like nothing was happening. And then I finally like reached down and I could like feel that his head was, you know, forehead was out mm-hmm. and so that gave me like a good like boost of energy and um so I was able to to push him all the way out and so not only was he all wonky coming out he had a small shoulder dystocia so she had to kind of maneuver that around <laughs> poor little guy you like had a, a journey coming out mm-hmm. um Stacy Stacy okay. was also Leah's midwife and so exactly for Stacy yes. all the shoulder dystocia stories on this I know. podcast. <laughs> it's like why can't any of you Mississippi girls give me like a natural like nice normal birth? <laughs> like you always got to do something crazy. 
but um yes yes exactly so it wasn't a bad dystocia at all I didn't even know that it like that it happened really because she was able to maneuver him so quickly um and get him out and so immediately he comes right up to me and like I have pictures of like my face and it's just priceless like oh my gosh I cannot believe that just happened like what in the world did we just do you know it was so intense my husband's like looking at me like I remember I hadn't looked at him he was like right over my head the whole time you know like we were facing opposite ways and I'm you know so he's like right over my head talking to me the whole time and I remember like finally looking up at him his eyes were just like flooded with water because it was just so intense and so like I mean, it it wasn't scary really to me, but I'm sure it was scary to him because I do remember during those last few moments, like seeing, I was pretty coherent, I guess because I wasn't tired and because I was like having to be so alert and push so hard. Mm-hmm. But I remember like the, the like looks back and forth between Stacy and Lindsay of them like, you know, and her telling me like, like, you got to get him out. Like, you know, it's, it's taken a long time. Like he's fine, but he, he's going to get tired. Like we've got to get him out. And, and so like, I'm sure without all those like birth hormones, you know, from my mom and my husband who were laying there, like that probably sounded pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was a lot right there at the end, even though it was a very, like, I'd say easy labor. The end was, it was a lot and it was really hard. And, I mean, much different than my last time, you know, my last, my first birth, the labor was long and hard and exhausting. And then pushing him out was like, he was just like a little spaceship just rocketed mm-hmm. right out, you know? And, and this time it was like total opposite. Right. I mean, it was, but we were at home and it was, it was amazing. I mean, it's, it was like, as soon as he was, you know, put on my chest, it was like, holy cow, like I really still can't believe that I did it and it it feels like it just started you know like it wasn't a two almost 48 hour labor it was like it just started and now he's here and almost on his due date which was just crazy beyond me that I even (laughs) had a baby close to his due date but um it was amazing um and then so after I was having like a good bit of like pain and like pressure still, even after he was born. So, um, you know, they were rubbing on my belly and I was also bleeding a little bit more than they would have liked. So they gave me, I got two shots of Pitocin um, to try and help me like get the placenta out. And I had to actually pass off Wyatt. That's, that's our baby. Wyatt is his name. So we had to pass him off to my husband and I they had to stand up to like birth the placenta because um I just I just couldn't get it out basically so I stood up and um that was kind of when I guess as a midwife she like she was like oh it all makes sense now so my placenta was actually bilobed um which so it was very large like a very large placenta and it was bilobed and um it was also posterior posterior that's right on the front anterior 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 okay so yeah it was anterior and it was bilobed and she was like this is probably exactly like what the issue was he was probably just having like a hard time navigating around your placenta and because you got basically two placentas almost and um so she said that was probably why his position was so weird and um so anyways i had a good bit of bleeding 
and because it was so large, it just took a little bit longer to clamp down. And, um, but anyways, once I got it out, the, the pain pretty much stopped immediately. I think it was just so much pressure from such a large placenta being, you know, right there, ready to come out. So, um, so that was, you know, intriguing. She was like fascinated by it. She sat on the floor and like stared at it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> she loves placenta. So, um, I got, I got to look at it and it was really cool. I've actually got some pictures of it. I'll send, I'll send them to you. But, um, so that was immediate postpartum, you know, a little bit of chaos still having to get the Pitocin shots. But then after that, we were really able to like get all the benefits of home birth, you know, get cozy up in bed and, and just like relax. And it was amazing. It was everything we really could have dreamed of. It was perfect that my is son came in yeah he came in but he was like not having it you know like he like <laughs> said hey and then he wanted to go back to play with his choo-choo trains and <laughs> so it was mostly just me and, the, and Wyatt for a little while there while Lance entertained Elias because he did not want to come in the room I think it was just too much but mm-hmm. so um yeah that's pretty much it I mean we we just relaxed and Everybody cleaned up our house for us, you know, like mm-hmm. little midwife fairies do. And and we just, we're just soaking it all in. Oh, that is so amazing. And I love hearing the difference in how, you know, the, the majority of your labor was just so different from the previous experience. And it does sound like a lot of that was your mindset. You know, when you went yeah. into the second labor, you... Number one, you knew like, okay, I am going to take rest seriously. I recognize the importance of that. And number two, it just seems like you had such a calm about you this second go round. So that's really incredible to hear. Yeah, I um, I definitely was was calmer. You know, I was just a lot more patient. I, and I also just kind of had an idea of what things would be like. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the first time you go in, you're just so excited and you just don't really know like. Right. what it is what what to expect and so this time I was really able to prepare myself and prepare everybody else around me mm-hmm. you know like hey y'all know how it was last time like if I say that things are happening like don't think that they're happening like at that moment and so everybody was kind of prepared and everybody was a lot calmer and and just the fact really like now when I think back on how much help I needed the first time around and and then versus the second time like all that laboring I did in the middle of the night, my husband didn't even know, you know, like I was pretty much doing it all by myself. And, and I, it felt like very mild labor. And I, I think that it probably was, but then again, like that was most of my labor. Like I only labored for like an hour and a half after that before I was fully dilated. So wow. to think that like I needed so much help the first time around. And then this time it was like, I really did a lot of it myself. I could have never done it without my husband there, but I did a lot of the work myself. Um, it's it yeah it makes me feel very good for sure and wow well Nicole I cannot thank you enough for sharing your experience with us I know that there are plenty of mothers out there who had a similar experience maybe they attempted 
home birth with their first and they're pregnant with their second and they're just not sure. So hearing that reassurance of, hey, it can be different next time. That's always so helpful. So thank you so much for your willingness to share. Thank you for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. It was such an honor to have you. Oh, of course, Caitlin. Thank you so much for what you do. And it's really, I mean, these podcasts are really the reason that so many people are, you know, confident enough to have home births, especially me. So I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful for what you guys do. What a lovely episode. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I've got a few thoughts I'd love to cover. Number one, a hospital transport is not a failure. Nicole was able to get the additional support she needed, and she ended up having a successful vaginal birth. That is a huge win. Next, just because Nicole's first birth ended up in a hospital transport, this did not deter her from home birth midwifery with her second pregnancy. She loved the care that she received and knew that she likely would have a successful home birth this time, and even if she ended up needing to transport again, the care she would receive prenatally was completely worth working with her midwife again. And next, Nicole and her husband rededicated themselves to preparation in their second pregnancy. They took Happy Home Birth Academy together, and Nicole felt far more mentally prepared for her second labor with this style of preparation. If you are curious to learn more about Happy Home Birth Academy, make sure that you're signed up for Home Birth Mythbusters the five myths you need to bust to have a happy home birth. Just go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash mythbusters to reserve your seat. And finally, every birth is different and sometimes they're completely opposite. Nicole went from a long labor with a fast pushing phase to a fast labor with a long pushing phase. It's important to remember that each birth story is different and we should go into it with an open mind. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you this week. I'm looking forward to seeing you at our Home Birth Mythbusters Masterclass. See you then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.